Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Start this out by just asking you, have you ever thought you knew someone very well only to find out that you didn't know them as well as you thought that you did? Marriage retreat was kind of one of those... uh, those things. I, I think we continue to learn about our spouses and, and learning about our spouses oftentimes we, we learn more about ourselves. And I remember one humorous part that Brother Soto was talking about. He and Sister Soto were sitting at the table and he said, um, you know, when he married her, he did not really know her. You know, uh, I think that that's a statement that applies to all of us, really. I mean, my wife and I uh, were fairly young when we got married, and I had known her for a very short amount of time before we got married. I think it was a year in total. We met in September. We were engaged about six months later and married about six months after that. And so, you know, um, I knew I loved her. I knew that I, I wanted to spend my life with her. But the reality is... Every day we learn things more about our spouses, more about each other. I did not really, really know her, and she did not really, really know me. And that's why I think weekends like we just invested in are so important because it does allow us to learn more about each other than we knew before. I mean, I learned a little bit about a bunch of people that that I did not know very well. They had us get around and mingle and uh, uh, try to get answers on a questionnaire, and it, it was a lot of fun. And, and But at the end of the day, you know, I did not know everybody there. I may have learned a little bit of something about most people, uh, but at the end of the day, I, I still don't know them very well. We learned some awesome things about the people that were sitting at our table. We learned some things uh, about our spouses. I, 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 would, I would think that by the look on... Brother Soto's face and Sister Soto's face while they were teaching the lesson that there were a couple of times that, matter of fact, I think Brother Soto said said at one point, he said, um, I'm just now finding this out as she's telling me this. <coughs> and so there are surprises around every corner, it would seem. But when you love somebody, you want to know them and you want to know them well and you want to know them better. Uh, <coughs> there's so much that we can miss so much good that goes undetected, overlooked when we don't take the time to work on things that are important to us in life. Marriage is a very important thing, should be. Uh, when we take vows, we, we, we should stand behind those vows. We should, should agree to those vows and then take those vows very seriously. And so we work on things like marriage And the way that we discover the things that often go undetected or missed and overlooked is by asking the right questions. So today I want to preach a message that I've simply entitled Beyond Superficial. Beyond Superficial. I feel to preach this message today because I think that so many people live a superficial Christian lifestyle a superficial relationship with God is good enough for them. Just to know a little bit satisfies them. 
And I believe that the Lord is calling us to something beyond the superficial, something beyond things that only go skin deep. Amen. I want to speak to you today beyond superficial. Our text is John chapter 14, verse 1. If you'd like to stand, I'm going to read nine verses. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And this is Jesus speaking here. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas starts with a question. Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, from this moment on, from right now, forevermore, ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. Okay, second question. Second disciple, Philip stepped up. Once again, he asked the question. Show us the Father, and it'll suffice us. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest then, show us the Father? Amen. You may be seated today. <clears throat> it was about 14 years ago that I met a, a man. Uh, some of you are going to know exactly who I'm talking about. Some of you may recognize this, this coffee cup. Do you recognize that, Sister Morgan, by any chance? That's your grandpa's, yeah. That's your grandpa up Schulte's coffee cup. Came from his house. Everybody knows I got a thing for coffee cups. I love Love a coffee cup. Now, you might notice if you look very close that this one uh, almost did not survive. I don't know. Uh, I don't can't remember what caused it to break, but uh, from the looks of it, one of my grandchildren got a hold of it at some point. But I love this coffee cup so much that I was willing to sit down, take the time, and uh, work the puzzle out and put it all back together with, with a little bit of glue. Now, I can no longer drink coffee out of this cup. I've tried. <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> this cup sits on my office desk, and it has become a pen holder for me. I value this cup because I value the memories that come along with this cup. and I value the man that used to sip his coffee out of this cup. And it's also a reminder to me of missed opportunities and how I don't want to miss opportunities like I had with him ever again in my life. So all over my office, I have things like that that are, that are memories and things of places that I've been. That When I look at them, I, I, they, they remind me of a lesson learned or a place that I've been. And this coffee cup is, is one of those items that, that constantly remind me almost on a daily basis 
about a particular person by the name of Philip Upschulte. Now, most of you probably did not get to know him that well. I did not get to know him that well myself. But the first time I met him, he, he and his wife, Sister Morgan, Sister Lindsay's grandpa and grandma, they were living in a, in a small little apartment across town. And we went over and had a visit with them. I knew nothing about them other than the fact that uh, the, their family was a family that we, we loved and we admired and we thought a lot of, and we wanted to go pay them a visit and sit down. He was in the stages of uh, where he was losing some of his memory. And uh, so we would go over and we would just kind of sit around and, and talk about just whatever, uh, you know, things like the weather, Brother Denton, and, uh, and the dog and, and those types of things. Uh, I, was not, I, was not, um, I was not stellar conversationalist when I sat down with Mr. Upschulte. I, I realize that now. Uh, but he was just at the time not too many years away from the end of his life. We, we had no way of knowing that, but when we spoke, we spoke of trivial things, and I would have never dreamed sitting there that day with that elderly man uh, in his bathrobe and his pajama bottoms and his recliner uh, that there was so much more to this man than what I could have ever dreamed. And so I asked him questions that were just really small-time questions. But every once in a while, I would happen to mention, well, I heard that you served in the Marine Corps, and I would see him kind of light up. And there was a spark in his eye, and he would begin to tell just a handful of stories to me about some things that took place in his life. But I still did not get into the crux of just how much this man lived. He had... uh, He had served for 35 years in the United States Marines. He was a military officer. He's had chief, he was a chief of staff for John Glenn. That name should ring a bell to some of you. He was an assistant secretary to the Air Force. He also worked for the United States Senate and served in the Pentagon. He was involved in a lot of things that, if I were to tell you about them, you would recognize there were historical events that took place in kind of a last century, United States history. And uh, I failed and I missed it because I, I did not realize the depth of the man that I was speaking to. So I never asked the right questions. I never got to know him until after he was gone, and I was asked to take care of his funeral, uh, and and I began to to dig up a little bit about this man to try to help me understand better about who it was I was saying final words for. You can Google his name yourself if you want to. You'll find that there are many, many things that he was a part of. I just remember being... In his living room, his wife serving us iced tea from Walmart. (laughs) Nothing fancy, nothing special. He never once made me stand to attention when I came through his door. He never once made me snap to or barked an order at me or anything like that. But there was more to this man than met the eye. 
this man that was living in a humble little apartment. There's more to his life. There was more stories I wish I could have heard and I wish I could have known him better. You see, it wasn't that I didn't have time. It was not that I could not have known him. I was simply unaware of the caliber of man that sat in front of me, and so therefore, I didn't ask any of the right questions. What a terrible mistake I realize now to be so close and miss out. That's why this cup stays very near to me, very close to me, so I can see it often to remind me, don't miss out. Don't miss out. Ask the right questions. Don't live a trivial life. Don't live a life that's based on something that is superficial. Brother Denton, he he said it so eloquently today, and he talked about, you know, uh, uh, investing our time and our efforts in things that are fleeting, how wasteful that is. There are so few things that we have been given that are eternal, and yet we treat those things oftentimes as trivial in our lives when they should be at the forefront of everything that we say and do. So I'm reminded, I'm reminded, ask the right questions. In John chapter 14, Philip comes very close to making the same mistake. You see, they've just finished the Last Supper. Judas is already on his way to betray Jesus. And Jesus is talking to the disciples about, he's about ready to leave. I'm going to go away. It's about time for my life to end here. And it's not going to work out the way that you all think that it's going to work out. Peter piped up and said, oh, wait, I'll follow you until the end of the earth. I'll, I'll follow you even if it means uh, uh, that I have to die for following you. And Jesus turns around and looks at him and he says, oh, boy, you're going to deny me three times before the cop grows. The Lord, I think, was trying to help them understand, you don't know me in the way that you really need to know me. You're right here around me, but but you're not in the place yet where I need you to be. I need you to be beyond the superficial. I need you to understand that when things don't go the way that you expect them to go or you want them to go, uh, that you're still going to have enough faith in me and you're going to have a deep enough relationship with me that You're not going to fall off the deep end someplace. I need some disciples that are going to last. And for you to last, you're not going to be able to last and survive with a superficial relationship. Things are a little shaky all of a sudden. (laughs) Judas is gone. Disciples are asking questions. They don't seem to get it. Now, wait a second. How do we know the way? We don't know the Father. Show us the Father. I'll die for you. No, you won't. Not the way you are right now. You won't. You're going to deny me. Things are a little rocky, things are a little shaky. 
when Jesus steps in and he calms him down and he tells him, don't be troubled by what I've just said, and he starts making some serious comments about who he is. It's now or never. Time is short. He's not got much time. They are having their last supper together. He says, don't forget there are mansions that are being prepared. I'm leaving, but I'm coming back for you. Calm down. He says, you know the way. And Thomas says, how can we know the way if we don't know where it is that you're even going? He says, because I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And the only way to get to the Father is by me. And then Jesus says a word that sting just a little bit. He said, if ye had known me, what do you mean? What do you mean if we had known? We've been right by your side this whole time. We were there when blinded eyes were open. We were there when deaf ears became unclogged. We were there when the lame got up off their bed and started walking and leaping and dancing and praising you. Amen. We were there. We saw these things that took place. I helped you break the loaves and pass out the fishes. I was there when all this. What do you mean we don't know you? If ye had known me, what do you say by, by that? We know you. We've been walking with you. We're your disciples. I would just say this to that. It is possible to know him without really knowing him. It is possible to be next to him without ever getting to know him in the fullness of his power and his authority. So thank you, Philip, for asking the question that you know, we all want to ask. We all, everybody wants to ask, but nobody wants to raise their hand and be the one to ask. Feel like, and then when somebody finally has the courage to ask the question, we're all like relieved. I was one. I was wanting to know the answer to that question, but I didn't want to look like the foolish one that didn't already know the answer. And so we would rather walk away in our pride and and our ignorance and not really understanding than to simply humble ourselves enough to say, hey, I need to understand something about you a little bit more than I already do. It's okay to ask the question. Philip asked. Some people are afraid to ask because they don't want to really hear the answer. Some people don't really want to be held responsible. Ignorance is bliss, and man, do I love bliss. I'd just as soon not know, but Jesus has a scripture that we can go to. At one time, God winked at ignorance, but he no longer does that. We have enough information. The Bible is not something that we have to travel thousands of miles away to sit and listen to somebody read to us. No, probably every last one of us have multiple Bibles and multiple translations in our homes right now. 
We have no excuse not to know him intimately, but oftentimes we get to the place where like, that is good enough. I think I've come far enough. If I take another step, I'm going to be responsible to take care of something I don't really want to be responsible for. But God wants his church to know him. He's not looking for a girlfriend. He is looking for a bride. He's not looking for somebody to date. He's looking for a relationship that is a marriage relationship. I must know him beyond the superficial. Philip says, let's meet the Father. That's our ticket. I'm, I'm in. You've shown us how to love. You've shown us how miracles can take place. You've shown us all kinds of things that, that, that we never dreamed that we would ever be able to see. So show us the Father. That's when Jesus enlightens them and he says, have I been with you this long? You still don't see it. You still don't understand. Have I stood by your side? Have you watched everything that I've done and heard every word that I've said and seen all the lives that I've touched and yet you still can't comprehend that I'm more than just a prophet or a teacher? You want to see the Father? Just look at me. when you look at me, you're seeing him. John 10.30 says it so well. I and my Father are one. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And without controversy. You know what that's saying? That means you can't argue against this. There's no argument against this without controversy. There's no debate here. There's nothing to dispute here. Without debate, without argument, without dispute, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. This is the key that a lot of people go to when they can't explain certain things. It's just a mystery. Great is the mystery of God. There's things that we'll never know. But you've got to continue reading. It explains the mystery. This is not a hidden thing. Paul continues to write to Timothy, great is the mystery of godliness. I'm going to explain that mystery to you so you understand it, Timothy. You need to know this for your future. You need to know this for your walk with God. Timothy, there's going to be things that come against you and things that will try to confuse you and philosophies of men that will try to persuade you to go another route. And they're going to tell you, oh, great is the mystery of godliness. There's things that we'll never understand. But Timothy, I want you to know something. I want you to hear something. I want you to understand something. God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Who was justified in the spirit? The Bible says God was. Who was seen among angels? The Bible says God was. Amen. Who preached unto the Gentiles? 
the Bible says God did. Who believed that was believed on in the world and received up into the glory? The Bible said that God was. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus Christ. God manifested in a man. God manifested in the flesh. Amen. It was God that was dwelling, um, dwelling among us. It was God. There's no argument here. If we don't know him in the fullness of his glory, if we haven't gotten to know him in his full gospel message, then there is another level of intimacy that we need to find ourselves walking into with the one that paved a way for us to have salvation. Got to ask the right questions. Could have known him. I could have been amazed. Could have heard stories about exploits and historical things that, but all I saw was an elderly man that needed to have a little conversation and sip a little bit of coffee and drink a little bit of tea, sitting there in his house robe and his slippers. Because of that, I didn't ask the right questions. What a terrible mistake to be so close and miss out on so much. What if you stand with me today? Got to ask the right question. You know, we're here today because somebody asked the right question. The Holy Ghost is being poured out in a little upper room with 120 people there, and people are gathered around going, what in the world is going on? These people, whoa. Been knocking back a few. Something not right here. Something, something not. This is something's off here. See, things go haywire when things don't go right. Somebody stood up began to preach the truth, and it resonated. These people aren't drunk like you think they're drunk. They've not just come down here to try to stave off a mid-morning hangover. Still early in the day, these they're not, they're not drunk on alcoholic beverages. But this is the fulfillment of the prophecy that Joel spoke of way back when. That in the last days that God would 
pour out his spirit. What you're seeing here, what you're seeing here is the fulfillment of that prophecy. They're drunk. They're just not drunk like you think they're drunk. They're drunk on a new wine, a spiritual, a spiritual wine. Something about that. You got Peter. He's not a doctorate. He's not been preaching since he was 12 years old and standing behind some crystal pulpit in a brand new heart shafter mark suit. Just a rough and tumble blue collar worker that God has seen fit to speak through and use. Yeah, the same Peter that shot his mouth off just not too long ago in the Last Supper. I'll never deny you. Yes, you will. Peter and his is an incredible example of the grace and the mercy of God that even as he stood there and denied him, there was still a place where he could find repentance. You see, before Peter was using his mouth for his own purpose, I build myself up. And these rest of these guys, they might deny you. The rest of these guys, they might, I don't know how tough. I don't know how tough uh, Philip is, and I'm not sure. You know, James, yeah, okay. I know you love him a lot, but we'll see when the rubber meets, but not me. I'm Peter. Then a few days later, Peter is using his voice to be the voice piece of God. He's standing there and telling them, the answer and conviction gripped their heart and somebody finally piped up and we're so fortunate that the author wrote it down. Men and brethren, what must we do? How do we make this right? How do we fix this? It's okay to ask the question. Just make sure the questions you're asking are the right questions not only the right questions, but with the right motive. God, how do I fix this? God, I've spent the last decade, two decades, my entire life messing things up, running my mouth, thinking I was something, claiming to be a child of God, only to come and find out that I've not been asking the right questions. So what must I do? Nicodemus? <laughs> Coming in the middle of the night because you don't want anybody to see you. You're worried about your future. You're worried about your status. You're worried about your peers. But at least he came. And he began to ask the right questions, even though he didn't understand them. And when he didn't understand them, he continued to ask more questions. Well, you got to be born again. What in the world? How can a man be born again? Can he enter in a second time into his mother's womb? Glad you ask. You ask a good question. He must be born of water 
and the Spirit. So are you living your life today based upon what somebody's told you years down the road and you've decided that's good enough? Are you living your life according to what God says in His Word? Because if we're just living a surface relationship with Him, we may know of Him, but we may not really know Him at all. Coming to this world with a choice. Revelation is 21 8, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Let me tell you something. That's something I don't like to, we don't like to talk about that too much. We like to talk about all the good things, but there, there is a hell to shun. There is a second death that I want no part of, and I don't want anybody here to have any part of it. His whole plan for coming, it's why Jesus came to this earth, is so that we would not have to experience a second death. Two births, one death. Two births, one death. It's God's plan for you and I today. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. <coughs> Hebrews 9, 26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of of himself. As it is appointed unto men once to die. God never intended for you to have to die twice. We're on our way to that. He's made a, a way of escape. But we have to receive that. I want to know him. I want to know him. Jesus came so that we could taste of that second birth. So I'm just going to tell you what it is that Peter told them on that day. When they asked the question, what must we do? He simply gave them an answer, and it's a threefold answer. You've got to repent of your sins. Repentance isn't just a one-time deal, folks. I imagine that everybody in this building could come down to this altar today and find something to repent over. Something in your life you know shouldn't really be there. You've been hanging on to it, but you haven't quite found the strength to walk away from it. Repent of your sins. Be baptized every one of you. It includes everybody. Be baptized every one of you for the remissions of your sins in, in the name of Jesus Christ. If you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus, when they lay you under that water, if they, if they, if they have not said in Jesus' name, I recommend you get baptized in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you. Why? Because he 
He doesn't want anybody to perish. That's why. When you pay a price like he paid, you want as many people to respond to that as possible. If you were going to lay down your life because something inside of your body held the key, the cure, for everybody in this world to be able to escape some dreaded disease, and you found it within yourself, to sacrifice your own life so that millions of others from here and into the future could be saved, would you not want as many people to partake of it? Would you not take it as a slap in the face to somebody that says, no, no thanks, I'm good, I'm good. I'll just go ahead and, wouldn't you want them to say, no, 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 I, I paid for this. I sacrificed so you didn't have to. I'm going to open this altar up today. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today can be your day. It is not a difficult thing to do, but you have to surrender. You have to surrender to him. I want to invite you in. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, oh, please talk to me and let's get you baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, why don't you just make your way to this altar? If you need to repent, that's the first thing you got to do. Is just come to the Lord and say, God, I, I, I don't have all the answers. God, I know that there's things that, that I need to take care of. I know there's things that I need to change. God, I am more than sorry. I am willing to do my best to change those things. And if you will do that, God will help you. Would you come today? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.